Welcome to The Source on the Voice of Turkey radio program. With your hosts, Yasin and Tuğçe Köksal. Hello. Ahmet Kale. Hey. Melda Kocataşkin. Hey, guys. And Meltem Kılıçoğlu. What's good? Broadcasting to you live from Sydney on digital radio 2 every Saturday from 4 to 5 p.m. The Source, the perfect condiment to your daily grind. guys hello how are we going not bad not bad for a saturday it's a good saturday the weather's been really lovely does anybody want to update us on what they've done anything exciting in the last week Ahmed? uh no about last week it was just going to work uh but this morning i woke up to watch uh the avengers because uh so it was a three hour and one minute long film it's the final chapter of the avengers series and i've been trying to catch up on all of the 44 hours of of pre-film all the pre-films this week that's dedication Uh, but i failed i (laughs) i only watched a couple of movies so um they're actually i think they're trying to break a record trying to break avatar's record for uh, the box office, how, many, how much money they made from tickets. So they've ex- they've added an extra end of credit scene uh, to this final edition, and that's what's pushing people to go and watch it again. So I have a question because I still haven't watched Endgame. Mm. Do you recommend that I go and watch it? It's hands down the best Marvel film I've seen. Okay, I'm sold. I'm yeah, done. It's, so it was so worth every minute. And I'm usually skeptical about these uh, long films. I just—it's a lot. Uh, my entertainment is through other things. Like I don't really get that much pleasure out of watching, um, like just sitting down and, and looking at a screen because I do that at work all day and on my lunch break I'm on my phone. So there's all this screen time. So when I come home, I don't I don't feel like doing that any further. I've got lots of friends who just Netflix binge, but. I don't really do that, so um, it's always a big decision for me to sit down and watch a movie. Um, but yeah, this was totally worth three hours, and I think it was like 15 minutes because they had extra scenes. So yeah, and and it's airing until Tuesday. Oh, okay. Uh, so probably not, only not long left tomorrow no. to watch it because the Tuesday uh, sessions are during business hours. So because it is a three-hour film. Meltem looks sold on the idea of this yeah. film. Yeah. And but can I, I say, if I watched a movie that was three hours long and I hated it, I feel like I'd want everyone to endure that. So I'm <laughs> yeah. not sure if I'm convinced with Ahmed's No, no, this is summary. a recommendation. It's not the way my brain works, bro. <laughs> <laughs> but um, no, definitely go and watch it. If, if you're into Marvel, of course. So it's it's full of laughter and tears, both happy and sad tears. Uh, and yeah, and going to the f- movies on your own if you haven't done it, um, I, I love that feeling. Any uh, extras? Extras? Maybe towards the end? Yeah, so there is a end of credit scene. I won't spoil it for people who 
um, haven't seen it. So. That's how this is what happens. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, they have a actually pre-movie scene, if you, that's what it's called. So director oh. uh, gives a little message, and then at the end of the movie... Uh, there's a mid-credit scene, and then right at the end, there's an extra-credit scene and a trailer, and two scenes that they uh, had to uh, cut, cut out. out from the from the three-hour-long film. So it could have been a lot longer, but um, yeah. So you get you get a lot. It's it's worth your buck. Nice. Does anybody has anybody else? done anything that they would like to catch us up on. Malda looks excited. <laughs> Not so excited, but um, I had an event on last Friday night um, and there were two medical emergencies and one close medical emergency. So it was pretty funny. Um, well, it wasn't funny, but... Action-packed? Action-packed. Um, a colleague and I, we actually missed all the action because we'd gone back to the office Gosh. to drop off our stuff, like the event stuff, the banners and whatnot. Um but in that, sorry, the first thing that happened was this lady came and she's quite an old, close to 80 years old professor. And she'd um, had a fall on her way in. Um, and she had like a big graze on her head. She was all right. She was fine. She just had a graze on her head and she was all alert and everything. But I had to, um, I don't have first aid training. And now that actually work has decided to send me to first aid training in, in July <laughs> after that incident. <laughs> Uh, she came in and she had a graze on her head and I had to take her to the bathroom and, you know, give her a bit of a wash her face and all that kind of stuff. So that was interesting. Very f- kicked it off. And then when my colleague and I had gone back to the office to drop off all the stuff, uh, an ambulance was called to the hotel because um, somebody had, oh, I don't know what happened to him exactly, but he had um, passing out, in and out, in and out of consciousness. So that, and then to top it all off, there was one other lady who had to leave because um, her workplace was on fire. So <laughs> <laughs> it was. Melda, do you mind um, Actually, rewording that part? So the, the workplace was on fire. So her, so she's on a board of a, uh, I think of a school. Um, so she's on the board of yeah the school, and uh, the it was on fire, so she had to leave. <laughs> To go and attend to the emergency. <laughs> kind of reminds me of Sims. <laughs> you leave your children alone. They start a fire. Something like that. And then continue to walk into a wall over and over again. Yes. <laughs> Definitely. The good old days. I've got a crude joke in regards to people being hurt. And the way I learnt this joke was one of the guys that I went to school with came in one day with a T-shirt that had this joke plastered over it. And it said, it's, it's all fun and games... Until someone gets hurt. Then it's hilarious. Then it's hilarious. <laughs> it's unfortunately Shaking true. Shaking my head it, right now. Is that dad joke? No, it's just, I don't know. It's, um, I mean, it's full fun and games and someone gets hurt and then it's hilarious. I guess it kind of does. It's all right. It's pretty hilarious because no one was actually seriously hurt. Like, yeah. everyone was okay. So, in the end. Besides the fact that a workplace was on fire. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but. Obviously, it didn't burn down because we would have heard about it in the yeah, news. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, and I'm pretty sure it was a school. Uh, I don't know which school, so I haven't heard about it. Um, so it must have been okay, I guess. Definitely lit. <laughs> it's so lit. Well, it's good. No one got hurt. So. Yeah. Wow. Wow. <laughs> but I guess that is an interesting thing. It is an interesting event. It's something you could say, "Wow, this happened to me," and it was threefold. 
over the span of one day, was it? It was in the one event, so in the space of like a few hours. three hours, yeah. <laughs> I guess uh, listeners will have Melda later on in the program in the careers segment. <laughs> and um, I guess makes it sound exciting. She will not be recommending her job. <laughs> <laughs> so that was my three hours. That's Melda's three hours. I think her one tops mine. <laughs> I actually had a pretty interesting weekend as well. So on Sunday, I believe it was, uh, we all gathered together at my older brother's place. And the exciting thing was, it was a uh, gender reveal slash baby shower in one. So what I had arranged for them was a massive balloon. Basically, they just pop it and they find out the gender of their baby because um, the confetti is the color. So pink or blue. Yeah, blue or pink. Yeah, cool. Which is very typical. Yeah, pretty typical. So It's like the in thing these days. Yeah, yeah. basically. So we had about 50 people gather together. Uh, I handed them the balloon and they counted down from 10, popped it, and it was blue and pink. So everyone started to get really confused. I like, had what's twins. Co- yeah, people were like, "Oh, twins! What's happening?" Um, but it was just a joke, the joke I played on them. Yeah, <laughs> good one. <laughs> but it was interesting because people that wanted to see blue yelled out blue, and people that wanted to see pink yelled out pink. So you just kind of saw what you wanted to see. Can I say I was there? Yeah. And I wasn't expecting it. Yeah. I thought, oh, big black balloon. It's gonna be either a boy or girl. And then when it went off, I could have sworn I saw more blue. Mm-hmm. So I said, oh, it's a boy. Mm-hmm. And then uh, they had the area separated into men and women. So, on, not sorry, not men and women, but predictions. So people predicted, if you're, if you're predicting boy, you were on the left. If you're predicting girl, you were on the right. And you had sort of like an equal uh, uproar from both sides yeah. when the initial balloon blew. And I said, oh, okay, this is a bit confusing. And then uh, Tucha sort of ran out from the back and she's like, hey guys, look, I've got the bigger and badder and blacker balloon. The actual balloon. (laughs) Uh, pranks to you. Yeah. Uh, I was looking forward to this um, for so long. So then they popped the real balloon and it was uh, blue confetti. So they're having a, I'm having a nephew. I'm really excited about that. It's uh, my parents' first uh, grandchild as well, so... On both sides of the family, actually, the boat, the first grandchild. So we're all very excited. Um, can't wait to do some shopping. You know these gender reveals? Yes. Is that something that's very recent or is it something that I've just sort of recently come across? Uh, I think in the last probably two or three years, it's become more prominent. It's all for the gram. Yeah, mm, since Everything's Instagram, for the gram. Yeah, that's so true. Since Instagram's gone, you know, more, I don't know, more popular it's it has become more popular as a result i think um it's gone from being hey guys here's a pink shirt to show you that i'm gonna have a baby girl or let's cut a cake to how can we top this how can we make it more theatrical more exciting more more just how can we make it more and yeah people are getting really creative i've seen some really creative ones yeah what have you seen apart from the balloon um i've seen one where they actually uh, paint the wheels, the back wheels of a car, in the colour of the gender, and then they do a, a really, really long burnout, and it's like wow. this plume of uh, either pink and blue mixed with, you know, rubber. <laughs> <laughs> Toxic fumes. Yeah, look, I mean, it looks it looks great um, in the um, in the videos, and I suppose so that's what levels. it's for. <laughs> However, 
I, I guess if you were there, it wouldn't be so enjoyable. True. I don't, I don't Similar to being to being at a wedding and some hoonigans in the back burning some rubber and all you can smell is toxic fumes. <laughs> uh, not the best. Not the best. Okay, so because I haven't been chatting for a little while, I am going to tell you guys what I did this morning. Yes, tell us. Um, so... It, I, with, along with my best friend, went to do a resin jewellery workshop. Oh, that sounds so exciting. It was very exciting and it made all my jewellery dreams come true. And if you guys want jewellery, let me know and I can make it for you now. But yeah, so it's pretty much a workshop where step by step we were shown by um, by an, pretty much an artist who does make, used to make and sell jewellery. Um, using resin, kind of the step process to make some bangles and some rings and kind of how to kind of manipulate colours to create like effects or layering and whatnot. And at one point she was like, oh, we've got 10 minutes to be done. I had only completed one of my four items. So it was like, ah, rush, get everything done. I just kind of just started mixing things and putting it all together. <laughs> and the first one I made is pretty simple and nice, but the... This is rush. Just pour things all over each other. Like, wow, who would have like thought? Sounds like the preparation for our radio show. Pretty <laughs> much. Like the plan. You plan it all, and you're like, wow, this part is like okay. Ten minutes to go. Five minutes to go. Yeah, and you're like, ha, ah, like running around with flames everywhere. But you're doing a really good job. So I feel like that's always the case with anything. Like even at university, I remember working on assignments for six months, and I'd get like a credit, and then I'd do one the night before and be a distinction. I feel like it's the pressure. It's the, the pressure makes you work better. Isn't that, under pressure. Yeah, isn't there a thing about carbon diamonds? Car- like carbon turns into diamonds. Well, it's the best, under uh, pressure, the most like, precious pressure. items okay. are formed Pretty under sure pressure. That takes a while, That's though, it. Not Ten minutes. That's it. No, but it's the it pressure. Years. The pressure. <laughs> so where, where can we go to this uh, resin workshop? Um, so it's run through a com- company called Workshop Oz. Um, you can find them on like Instagram and online, and they actually do a Oz big. Oz in OZ. Uh, no, it's AUS. Sorry, yeah, AUS. Um, and they've got a website, and they do a whole bunch of workshops. So they do like finger painting. Um, what else? They they do finger painting, book binding. You, they make kombucha. For yeah, so yeah. like terraniums. Um, they had one last night, which was like a boozy finger painting thing. So they did like a, I think it was like a greenery scene, all through finger painting. Cool. Um, they have one you which can is give like a, that to someone. Yeah. yeah. Um, or you can gift it to them and yourself, which is what I did this morning. <laughs> Sorry, I'm in gift mode right now. I've got two birthdays to go to tonight after this. Oh, oh and so, you're getting ready for that. Uh, Matt, have you got something ready for that's, him? That's a, for what? For Ahmed. What do you mean? For the gift that you made for me this morning. Yeah, of yeah. course. I've got a bag full of bangles in the car. <laughs> pick yeah, one. I, I you can pick my one. Friend who's, pick one of the ones uh, that are One of the birthdays tonight is... Um, it's a surprise birthday, so I hope she's not listening right now. <laughs> <laughs> Otherwise, spoiler alert. Oops. <laughs> On that note, should we listen to a song? I think we should break for a song. <laughs> We've handpicked uh, two songs for you today. Uh, the first one here uh, was actually picked by Melda. Before we play the song, shall we uh, remind our listeners that uh, they can do shout-outs and they can call us and request for their own songs? Yes, definitely. Uh, we do have a number that you can call us on. 
we're still in the uh, process of getting the uh, technical side of things running where we know how to operate the phone line. Uh, but <laughs> So you may not get through, <laughs> but try. The, the line's been flashing for some time now, so I'm not sure if someone's calling us or the phone's just saying, hey, I'm operating. Uh, but, <laughs> but that number is, uh, for our Sydney callers, it's 02-9715-7708. Or if perhaps by chance you're listening overseas and you'd like to call up, um, it's plus 612 Double seven zero eight. Let's get into our first song of this evening. Melda, would you like to introduce the song? It is Believer by Imagine Dragons.
dear listeners, you've just listened to Believer by Imagine Dragons. I must say that song does get me in the mood. It just gets gets you kicking. I love it. And uh, it's usually quite warm in the studio, but uh, this evening is an exception. The aircon's working. I don't think so. I'm really hot still. I think that's uh, episode two nerves. It's sort of weaning down from episode one, which was even warmer. We've come to our second segment of this evening. It is the real news, true news uh, and events segment. Uh, I think we'd like to kick it off discussing something that's been in the um, in the news for quite some time now and quite frankly we were just discussing whether we're sort of um, getting sick and tired of hearing about it and I think look it does hold true to some extent um, but I think it's also important to talk about uh, the implications of this event uh, or the implications of what's transpired as a result of what's happened um, so without further ado madam uh, I'd like to sort of get a rough idea in terms of uh, what it is our listeners uh, will be discussing or what they'll be hearing from us in regards to this or the name of what we're talking about who is it who's been in the news for the last two weeks really I think it's been a bit longer, but we were kind of discussing how um, there's a lot of controversy around Israel Folau at the moment mm. um, in regards to an Instagram post that he posted, which pretty much led to him losing his job. Actually, I've got it here. I can read it out. Oh. Uh, drunks, homosexuals, adulterers, liars, fornicators, thieves, atheists, idolaters, hell awaits you, repent, only Jesus saves. So, for our listeners that don't know who Israel Folau is, uh, he's basically a professional rugby player, and he was taken uh, off the Wallabies team uh, in regards to his contract. So, essentially, what's happened here is that uh, due to uh, homophobic comments, his employment contract was terminated. I think it's a little bit more than just homophobic, mm. though. That is pretty... Um, it's very, it's almost like entailing, it's to do with religion, obviously, but it's just very, it's like a threatening and it's a bit scary, to be honest. If I read that, I'd be like, oh, what's that? Like, it's a bit, it's just a bit scary, I think. Maybe atheists don't, like, in that list that um, that we just read, atheists and uh, isolators. I mean, do you think atheists would even care if hell awaits them? <laughs> they, they don't even. I, don't know. I mean, maybe it's not as. It's a uh, fair point. Yeah, but, but no. In all seriousness, uh, it is uh, an offensive post. I mean, even though uh, one may not fall under any of those categories, they could still find it offensive for the people who do. So, uh, was this decision correct by Israel? No. No, by, by the. Rugby Association. That's it. No, is it Australian? New South Wales Rugby Association. No, 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 no. I think it's Australian because it's the Wallabies. It's the Wallabies, so it's the national team. Um, so I think there's more that's implied mm. Uh, mm. when you represent such a team. Uh, Israel Folau, you know, has had a very good track record in terms of his performance on the field, mm. and this is not the first time that he's provoked uh, unwanted attention. 
um, as a result of his personal and religious views. But to be fair, basically his entire Instagram is him posting about his faith and his beliefs. So it's, you know, where do you draw the line? Like, do you feel that it's fair? It's only fair that he posts what he wants on his own page? So I think there's a difference between like curating your feed to express your beliefs and there's a big difference between expressing your beliefs in a way where you're attacking other people and how they live their lives. Mm. Um, And I think that's where the big controversy with his post is. It's not that he's saying, this is what I believe. He's saying, I believe this and you're all wrong and I'm the only one that's right and I'm going to attack you for what you believe and how you live your life and how you practice and everything that you do. So... You know, your your existence is a, is a problem. And I think this is where kind of the thing comes in where you're looking at, like, atheists and idolaters. He's, he's attacking other people's beliefs. Yeah. And I think that's where the issue is. And I, I believe that, that that would be where the, um, the National Rugby Association... Sorry. Sports, sports are not my thing. Um, would have even, found that it would be a, a problem. I don't even know if a union player... Rugby league player. Rugby union. Is he rugby union? Yeah. The Wallabies. Wallabies. Wallabies, yeah. What's the rugby league? So the rugby league is the uh, competition that occurs. No, no, I know the rugby league, but like, what's the um, national rugby league nickname? Uh, ARL? No, that... No, NRL's N- national team. What's the animal? The They're wall- not the Wallabies. Oh. Is there even... Is there even a uh, rugby league team nationally? I don't no, know either. Oh, well, we do. We do actually have. We, okay, guys. So to clarify, we do have an Australian rugby league team. Okay. Uh, and that's probably what the ARL is, yeah. uh, because there is a rugby league World Cup, and there is a rugby union. I thought ARL looked after all of them, the rugby union, AFL, and rugby league. We'll have to get back to our listeners on this one just anyway. to clarify. Anyway. Also, to add to that, in regards to what you were saying, Meltem, about you know, him uh, putting forward his views. He posted on Instagram again a day ago saying uh, that he's hoping for an apology from Rugby Australia and an acknowledgement... That's the one, Rugby Australia. Thank you. And that he should be free to peacefully express his religious beliefs without fear of losing his job. And I think it's quite funny that he would really call that peacefully, right? (laughs) Peacefully. I think this is where the big argument comes in of... Because people believe nowadays that we're being way too politically correct and that we're silencing people's voices for freedom of speech. But if your freedom of speech is impeaching on another person's beliefs and you're attacking them for, again, for their, like, um, kind of their, their sexual diversity or their religious diversity or their nationality and whatnot, um, is there really such thing as being too politically correct in those situations when you, when there are people who are choosing to have this freedom of speech? and use it and express their religious views, which is what they believe that they're doing, but they're attacking other people. I would, yeah, I would pose the question of, would, you know, does it make a difference that he's got such a huge following? I mean, if someone else had posted this that, you know, wasn't known or wasn't famous or didn't have such a huge following, would we care so much? We may not have care, maybe not, we care because it's going out to a lot of people, basically. A lot of people are seeing it and he's representing Australia on an on an international level and it's not right, I think, that he can have those, I suppose, hateful comments and make those comments and still play 
and represent Australia. Because he's a role model for kids as well, right? Mm -hmm. Like people look up to these athletes as idols. They're like their heroes. Mm -hmm. So um, he does have that responsibility of being on the politically correct side, yeah. just correct in some ways. And But I think it comes down to uh, the clause in the contract. If, if he's actually uh, breaching a clause, then... Yeah, I suppose that's that's what they're going to deal with in court. But I'm not sure what the result is. Or... I mean, you've all raised some very valid points. And I guess these, these are the points that the general public resonate with. And this is why there's been such an uproar, not only because of his posts, but then to take it a step further and say, look, I'm going to fight Rugby Australia and I need funds to do so. I don't want to use my own. Yes. So I'll use a crowdfunding site such as GoFundMe to then raise these funds to fight my battle with Rugby Australia. And, you know, this is where the diversity that Maritam was talking about comes into it as well because there was over a million dollars that was raised in the initial GoFundMe uh, campaign, uh, which shows that there are people out there that uh, resonate with his views also. However, are they a majority or a minority? I guess that can be arguable. Uh, at the same time, uh, that was put down. Uh, the funds were not released to Israel for his legal fight. So then the Christian lobbies behind him started a new uh, funding campaign, and this time they raised over $2 million. Does Israel allow need $2 million? Well, they actually released a list Pretty of, rich. of his um, property portfolio and his holdings. And I mean, it's, it's not on the lighter end, Ahmed, definitely. Yeah. Anyway, so I'd make that point. Uh, yesterday, I also listened to a piece uh, from the uh, Human Rights Commission. Uh, it was by Gillian Triggs, who heads, heads it up at the moment. And uh, she raised uh, a couple of uh, important notes in reference to this issue. And the first one being was that the actual uh, contract did not have room in it for them to dismiss him as a result of his views regarding homophobic uh, or in, in regards to his homophobic views uh, current Australian employment law doesn't have room in it right now uh, there is no legislation in regards to homophobic views however it does have uh, pieces in there in regards to race, gender ethnicity, however uh, it hasn't translated over into the homophobic um, sector and that only sort of came about um, or was brought to light when the recent marriage equality saga um, befell, befell us. Mm. The other point that she raised, uh, which I found was a lot more important, was that Australia is, I think, the only OECD country that does not have a charter of human rights. We have not put together a charter of human rights to say, this is what we believe basic human rights are and this is what we will legislate accordingly with. Very interesting. Moving along from our new segment. Sorry, can I just add something to that? <laughs> Palestine Falau would never have done this. <laughs> I had to put it out there. I'm sorry. All right, moving on. What's next, Yasin? Well, we've got some events. I'm going to um, make my uh, attention... Uh, focus back towards Maltam. Oh, I do this a God. lot. I do this so much. <laughs> um, what, have we got? What, what have we got going? Okay, so I'm going to talk about two really quick events that are going on in Sydney at the moment. Um, so because we are in winter and we don't have any outdoor ice skating rinks, 
there are ones that pop up during the winter. Um, and there is one local to most of us that's in Parramatta at the park right next to Riverside that's called the Winter Life that's called the Winter Light Festival right across the North Paramacas. Um where yeah, where they, they set up like rides it's it's really good if you've got kids and whatnot, but it's also really cool if you wanted to go out for like a date night or just hang out with your girlfriends and all that jazz. Um where they do have like hot food stalls, they have um a place that does really nice hot chocolate. Um and you can go ice skating out in the middle of Parramatta. Um, there are a few other ones um, that, so there's one that they set up in front of St. Mary's Cathedral right across Hyde Park, which has a very, I would say, magical view. Um, they have one that they're trying trialling out this year at the Lunar Park. So if a theme park was more your thing. And I think the truest, bluest, Aussiest place possible is that they have one on Bondi Beach. So you're getting wow. the best of both worlds. Actually on the beach or on the, like the grass? I think it's, up, I'm not 100% sure, it's but I think it's on the, is it on the sand? It's on the sand. I thought it was on the concrete. Even better. Look That's, at that, like the sand, the awesome. ice skating. The concrete's it's, not wide enough, yeah. It's just like overhanging. Well, there we go. It's, it's, you're you're ice skating. before and it was on the sand. I'm not sure. Ice skating yeah. on the beach. There so you go. when do these run until? Um, I'm not 100% sure, but most of them are running for about a month and you can just book them online. Um, I know that there's a Time Out article that has links to every single one of them and how you can purchase tickets and exactly the time periods that they are on for. So I guess a simple Google search of pop-up ice rinks around yes, Sydney? ice rink Sydney and it's going to pop up. There are some other ones that are indoors that have events on for kind of the winter period just to kind of peak interest, but... Um, yeah, those are the outdoor ones that I think would be worth looking out for if you wanted to, you know, go ice skating, fall over for fun. Because <laughs> I know that some people here have some stories about falling so over. So it starts on the 5th of July, 5th of July, Friday. It's so next Friday. And ends on the 21st of July, Sunday. So we've got um, a little over three weeks, four weeks perhaps. Yep. Anything else happening in Sydney? Oh, I think Tucha was, before we get into that, Tucha had something she wanted to say in regards to <laughs> ice skating. And falling over? What was that about? Oh, yes, back in the days. Um, I remember, I have a cousin who absolutely loves ice skating, so I would go with him. Shout out to Eden. Uh, and I just, I, I'm generally not, I don't really have good uh, coordination, I would yeah, say. Yeah, <laughs> I'm this, with you on that one. There's a really good Turkish word for it. Sakar. Uh, I would say. Um, Klutz. something like that. Uh, so I would be one of those people that would spend most of their time on their, you know, butt on the floor rather than their skates on the floor. Um, and I just remember this one time where I fell over and... The, you know how there's always that one person at the ice rink uh, that is professional and they'll just come there to practice? Has everyone had that? Yeah, I've always seen that. Yes. Always. There's always that one girl in the middle of the ice rink that is just showing so, off. Yeah. yeah. Can I say it's usually like a four-year-old? Yeah, that's, that's, <laughs> that's yeah, okay, whatever. <laughs> um, but yeah, I just remember falling down close to her and she just kept going in circles and I just didn't stand up because I was afraid <laughs> for my life. Um, so I don't think I'll be attending the pop-up ice rinks. I'll hold your hand. Because I'm scarred. I'll hold your hand. All right. And we'll wear padding. 
And we'll worry about it. We'll worry about it. <laughs> I had a similar thing happen to me when I went uh, skiing for the first time. Or oh. actually skipped the skiing part and went straight to snowboarding, just 2.0 right, <laughs> right away. And uh, yeah, I had this four-year-old kid like zip past me a few times. and started to get frustrating because I sort of couldn't get my footing right. But he yeah. was... It just looks so natural. And I was like, when did he learn this? You know, he can barely walk. But that's what happens. But ice skating, I'm not too bad. I'm self-taught, so I'm a little bit unconventional in some of the things I do. Uh, of you know, I stop really abruptly and um, uh, I'm not the most graceful in the <laughs> arena. I spent like the first... If it goes for an hour, the first 15 minutes of it is me traveling and holding the end of the ice rink. And then the last 10 <laughs> You're minutes. That yeah, I'm that person. It just goes around and around the edges. Better be safe than sorry. Yeah, something like that. If anyone else has uh, their ice skating rink or rollerblading rink, uh, clumsy, funny stories, uh, you can call us on 02. Uh, it's 9715 Thanks, Yasin. 9715. Double zero, uh, double seven zero eight. Let's not give the wrong number out. Uh, it's not flashing, so maybe somebody was calling through before. Hmm. Oops. Call us back. Yeah, call us again. Guys, have we got any other events happening around Sydney at the moment? I do have another one. Yeah, Madtam was mentioning this one. It's really exciting, guys. So, what is it, Madtam? Um, so, if ice skating's not for you, not for me, and you'd prefer <laughs> to do something a bit more chill, but still have your mind kind of blown. Um, at the Powerhouse Museum, there are two exhibitions that are running um, simultaneously at the moment. And one of them is the Apollo 11, which if you're a science or moon nerd... Can just, relate. Yeah. So just go take a look. But running alongside that, which is the thing that Malda and I are very, very excited about, is um, the Museum of the Moon, which is an exhibition that has been travelling around the world, has come to Sydney. And um, so it is a gigantic seven metre wide moon that has pretty much all of the um, craters, crevices, little hills of the moon that have been kind of beautifully created to hang from the ceiling in a huge open space. Wow. So it's a one, like it's a proper replica. Yeah. Even the crates are accurate. Their locations and I'd, ratios. Well, yeah, so as accurate as they can make it. It sounds like a scale model, right? Uh, I hope it is. If not, the internet's lied to me. And it'd be a bit of a letdown, right? If you turned up and it was sort of yeah. really you could, out of whack. It's like three, could, not even 3D. You could squint and it I'd would be. don't. I think anything that's seven metres wide and of the moon could be disappointing. I think it'd just be amazing. Exactly. Yep. And along with this beautiful masterpiece, there is a soundtrack that's been conducted by an award-winning composer. And you kind of just get this to get to chill there and look at the moon and enjoy the beauty. Please tell me that phones aren't allowed inside. They are. Oh. You, can, you can take cute Instapics too if that's what you're into. Just saying. So, Powerhouse Museum. Yeah, and it started today. Wow. And it will be there for, I think, a few months. Well, I mean, it's something so large by the time they assemble it, right? You've got to sort of <laughs> keep it there, it there for some there time. For it's going to be worth the hassle. All right. Thanks for that. That was great. Anytime. On that note, are we uh, in the mood for our second song? Definitely. What is it? Who picked it? Not me. Well, who... It. Was it you? Maybe. Maybe. Did you just find it somewhere? <laughs> I actually <laughs> came, came across it and I um, quite like it. It's the um, brand new Ed Sheeran song. Ah, beautiful or 
Beautiful people. You don't know people. it actually yet. So it's about us. Aww. Aww. Uh, hold your hold your thoughts there. Um, okay. Let's hear the song. That is a very song. new song. I think it came out only 25 hours ago. That's pretty accurate. Wow. 25 hours ago. <laughs> <laughs> okay, listeners, without <laughs> further ado, uh, this is Ed Sheeran, Beautiful People. Can I, can I dedicate this song to uh, my friend? Yes. Yeah? Who is it? So Ed Sheeran's beautiful people, uh, he's a beautiful person, uh, Artan and his wife Sibel and their beautiful daughter Hale is turning one today, so happy Aww. birthday to her. Happy and this birthday. song goes out to her and uh, hopefully all the beautiful people that she's going to meet. Happy birthday, Hale. Sundown and they all come out Lamborghinis and they rented hummus The party's on so they're heading downtown Everybody's looking for a come up And they wanna know what you're about Me in the middle with the one I love We're just trying to figure everything out We don't fit in well Cause we are just ourselves I could use some help Getting out of this conversation Beautiful people, Ed Sheeran.
featuring Khalid. <laughs> Interesting lyrics in that song. It's not what I expected, that's for sure. Yeah, when I was dedicating that, <laughs> I, <laughs> I thought it was more like Chris Brown, Beautiful People. You know, where it was actually talking everywhere, positive things. Everywhere. <laughs> great track, great track. But um, yeah, thanks, thanks for uh, playing that beautiful song, Yasin. Listeners, I've got a uh, announcement before we proceed to our next segment. Uh, the announcement is actually from the Consulate General of Sydney. So on the fifteenth of July, uh, Democracy and Unity Day. A ceremony will be held at the Gallipoli Turkish Culture Foundation Youth Centre in Auburn. And that's 15 to 19 Gallipoli Parade in Auburn at 7pm. A themed photo exhibition will be held at the opening. All Turkish citizens are invited to the event, which will be held on Monday evening, the 15th of July, 2019 at 7pm. Just a quick announcement. We now move on to our final segment of the evening. The career segment. Woo! We definitely need to have a jingle for that because that's not going to happen again. <laughs> uh, I, I like to call this segment the, uh, the roasting segment. Oh, I don't want to be roasted, guys. Come on. Any good? Cu- no, we're just curious about what, what you do. The curious roast. Yeah, so, but any good career person can take a roasting and then throw it straight back at us. So, yeah, and I know person. you can. <laughs> oh, all right, all right, guys. Way to put me on the spot here. I feel like we're at, you know how Justin Bieber had that roast, roast myself stand up comedy show? I feel like it's something like that. But for Melsa. Melsa. <laughs> me. <laughs> so, listeners, we've got Melda Kojatashkin, one of our co hosts here on the show, on the source. And uh, we'd like to get stuck into her career. Uh, and her aspirations and all the good things uh, that go with this segment. All right, great. Where should I start? Well, let's take this by asking you some questions, some light questions. Um, Meltem? Oh, I'm scared if Meltem's going to ask me the first question. I think first and <laughs> foremost, before we start asking questions about your career, what is it that you do? Yes. So I am an event coordinator. I put together events for um, a group of, I suppose, members who members who are members of our organisation, the company that I work for. Mm-hmm. Um, that can be anything between large dinners to smaller sort of twenty-five packs um, lunches. Um, yeah, that's so pretty much as put together. Commun- no, not community, sorry, communal events for people. So do you organise weddings? <laughs> no. What about I, engagements? No, no, no. Not into that kind of stuff. I'm more into the the professional realm of I mean not wouldn't I wouldn't don't mean to say that events aren't professional I mean weddings aren't professional. So corporate events. Corporate events mm. is what I was trying to get at. Yes, thank you. Cool. <laughs> and how is it that you got started with that? So what kind of inspired you and um, so I started off um, wanting to do a communication degree at uni and I started off um, for, I did, for a year I did communication at um, UWS or now it's called Western Sydney University I think yes um, so I was there for a year and I did each of the, the majors so I did journalism I did PR 
and then there was media and something else. And you kind of had to pick one and then you got a communication degree and you majored in a particular area, I guess. Okay. And yeah. sorry, how long does that go for? So that went, well, it was a three-year degree. However, I, at the end of my first year, I was like, oh, I don't really know. What, I don't really want to do any of these. Um, so I kind of just hopped on to, what was it called? Board of Snow. What was it called back then? I don't even remember. UAC? Yeah, UAC. That's right. Oh, my God. I haven't... University admission. Yeah, team. yeah. Something like Center. that. Center. There we go. I hopped onto that and I had a look around and I found a event Bachelor of Management in Events and Leisure um, at the University of Technology, Sydney, so UTS. Um, and I was like, oh, okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna transfer. So I transferred into that degree, um, and that was part of the business school at UTS. So I did a few um, core sort of mar- I did marketing accounting economics all of which oh my god they were the worst like I think I failed economics and I had to retake it and blah 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 anyway um then there were obviously more event related subjects as well so like special events community events diversity and events with our, which I really enjoyed um and yeah that's what I studied and I got straight into events for three years would you recommend your job to others um if you have a high stress threshold, then yes. If you can ha- handle stress, I would recommend it. I think it's like the fifth most stressful job in the world or something like that. Mm. So <laughs> it's pretty stressful. But Depending in- on your clientele, the subcontractors that you work with, mm. so upstream, downstream, it's just lots of pressure. There's a, yeah, there's a lot of pressure. There's a lot of parts to an event. And the events I do now, uh, I must say, I've just actually started a new job. I've been in the job for about just over a month now. Congratulations. Oh, thanks, guys. <laughs> um, the, what was I saying? Okay, yes, my train of thought. Sorry. sorry. I'm I just entertained lo- by watching people clap into the microphone. <laughs> <laughs> um, why are we talking day. about me like this? <laughs> I, I didn't Matt, Sam, you, you weren't the only one. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, um, y'all. What was I saying? Oh, yes. Um, so I do a lot smaller events now. So I, like I was saying, like 25 packs, um, lunches or um, round tables or 40 packs, you know, workshops. Whereas previously I was doing um, two, 300 per- person conferences. I was organizing flights. Um, the flights part of things doesn't really do it for me. It was, that's really, really stressful. Where you have to travel interstate for a particular event. Oh, so what I meant by, sorry, travel is I was managing the travel. Oh, so um, I... Getting 25 people on the Not 25, like 300. Whoa. (laughs) Yeah, I was getting... How many people do these planes even fit? Yeah, so obviously they wouldn't all go on the same flight. I just had to get them to the Gold Coast by a certain time. Yeah. I mean, just coordinating myself and a couple of friends is not such a mission. I've done that a few times. Never again. (laughs) Always entering with that sentence, but... No, not fun. No one else How? does it, so you got to do it anyway. Anyway, <laughs> we won't go there. So. <laughs> yeah, not fun. But my first job where I was doing conferences, um, that's the, a job I really, really enjoyed. So we were doing conferences for associations. So actually the company I work for now is an institute or an association, I guess you could call it, where you have members. Um, so similarly, this particular role I had, my initial job, we did a lot of conferences for nationwide associations. So there would be a conference in Sydney, a conference in Hobart, a conference in Darwin, all that kind of stuff each year, so recurring. Um, so I got to travel a bit. Uh, I went to um, to Darwin, which was really interesting. 
Um, not really, cool. Yeah, not really a place you'd think. I mean, we've all been to Melbourne. We've all been to Brisbane. Yeah. But, like, who really thinks of going to Darwin? It's really actually not quite bad. far as not well. Me. Yeah. It's like a four-hour flight. Yeah, it's like a yeah. four-hour flight. To go um, hang out with the crocodiles. It's awesome, but... So we had the conference for three days, and then my colleague and I stayed back for a couple of days. Um, Darwin City is like a... A big country town, um, but the surrounding areas, the nature is amazing, beautiful. We did a we did the Cage of Death at Crocosaurus Cove, which is where you wow. um, sounds claustrophobic. Yeah, it, oh, it's, yeah, a little bit. So you kind of in a glass cage, I guess, and you get lowered into a pool, and the crocodile swims in the pool. Wow! So it's pretty cool. Um, and I would have never have done that so if I had a not. It's a glass cage, so you you're not actually swimming. It's not like a so the cage, there's water in the cage as well. So right, like it's okay, kind of so like sorry. lets the water in, yep. I guess. But it's obviously glass because you can't like there's there are little slits in the glass, mm. um, but there's like massive signs saying do not put your fingers out. Unfortunately, the crocodile that was in our pool was not very um, aggressive. Not I yeah, I mean yeah, yeah. which wasn't interactive with us. He didn't want to see us. The people that went after us, the crocodile actually went. It's like a cylinder cylindrical shape yeah the crocodile was like pushed against the wall and i was like oh my god but still it's pretty amazing and i probably wouldn't have ever thought to go to darwin so so it's like the aussie version of swimming with the sharks yeah i guess the real outback version not that sharks on aussie but yeah (laughs) true true but you know it's the um outback version of of sharks yeah Yeah. so these are saltwater crocs yes correct so this is this is really good for people considering this career path so there's a lot of avenues to take. Um, so I like I got into prof- like corporate events um, and conferences, which were really good again. Um, but then the events I'm doing now are, again are a lot smaller scale. But there's obviously a lot more to it. There's um, like Amit was saying, engagements and weddings and all that kind of stuff. Um, there's you can work for like independently as well as a freelancer. Um, you can do work as a contractor. You can. There's a lot you can do. Um, but again, like I said, it's quite uh, quite a stressful job and you need to be able to deal with that stress accordingly. <laughs> to any of our listeners who are interested in this kind of role, uh, whether, you know, event coordination, are there any tips you would want to give them? Um, yes, I definitely would recommend trying to work or trying to find a position in uh, like a, a relevant field, I guess, as you're studying. I worked at Woolies pretty much all through high school and uni and like it's once I got into the events field, I was like, "What, what am I doing? What is this? Why? What is this office?" <laughs> like, yeah. So definitely try to find a relevant, um, a job that's relevant. And also, I think with something like event management, it's something you learn on the job. Like, I feel like sometimes I don't, I wouldn't have even had to go to uni. Like some of the things I did, it's a little bit irrelevant. Obviously, if you're doing something like a lawyer or a doctor or an engineer, you need to study for that, that sort of a career path. But in terms of being an event manager or an event coordinator, someone could come into my role and learn how to do it on the job. It'd be, yeah, yeah possible. Getting involved in extracurricular activities during your tertiary education would help immensely, I presume. Yes. Yeah, so I was slightly involved a little bit in the Turkish community where we, had, we did some like dinners and things mm-hmm. on special days. So that did definitely help. Yeah. Like um, Turksock, were you? Not so much. Oh, that was before my time. Oh, really? sorry, I was before Turksock's time. My bad. You were before. <laughs> I finished uni before Turksock kind of came about. So yeah, I was your first job an events job um, as soon as you graduated from university, or was it like a transition um, period then? So 
I, w- I went travelling for about three months after I finished my degree. I graduated in, you know, no, I finished my my degree halfway through the year. So I grad- uh, had mm, July is when I finished or June, something like that. And then I graduated in October. Um, so, but in that interim period for three months, I went overseas before I graduated. So I was overseas for just over three months. And then I came back and I came back to my, my Woolies role um, and I got a bit lazy. I didn't look for a job for a while. Um, and then when I started looking, I actually found a job in, in the space of, a, I think it was about a month um, when I started looking. But I didn't start looking till about a, uh, March, April. So you would say that there is a, a demand out there for quality event managers? Yeah, definitely. I would. It's definitely a... Um, yeah, definitely. And I guess you know everyone has a multitude of careers or career paths that they're considering before they choose one. Uh, do you feel like you chose the right one for yourself? Would you recommend to others? Um, it's definitely a good one to do when you're young. Um, I'm enjoying it right now. I'm not sure about the future. I'm not sure if I will stay in events. So the, the role I have currently, I work at a pretty big organization, so there's a lot of room for me to move around to other areas of the business, whether that be like education or whether that be um, some other kind of management or anything like that. So... Um, I think they're lifelong skills that you can use in many yeah, industries. Yeah, definitely. You know, um, even in your personal life, just organising, you know, holidays. and So, yeah, that, that, that was really informative. Thank you. No worries, guys. Thanks. That was our first uh, complete <laughs> career segment. I think it went well. Until we have those sound effects on cue, uh, we'll keep going that way. Organic claps. As organic as it gets. Uh, Any closing remarks here? Who do we have on the grill next week? Have we decided? Ahmed. Ahmed. Sure, why not? (laughs) (laughs) So, listeners, next week in our career segment, we'll be uh, discussing careers with Ahmed Kale. Uh, grilling him regarding his career. I didn't feel like I was too grilled. Thanks, guys. I appreciate uh, you it. You perform like a natural. Thanks. So yeah. just uh, for people to tune in or if you want to tell your friends, uh, I'm a civil engineer. I work in the construction industry. Uh, for people who want to venture out uh, internationally, I'll be talking about that and uh, how that's uh, made me who I am today. So tune in next week at 4 p.m. on Two triple O, nine eight five, on the source. So thanks again, Yasin, for this week and team. Thank you. I'll let Yasin close. <laughs> Thank you again, listeners. You've been listening to the source on Two Triple O Digital Radio here in Sydney. The source, the perfect condiment to your daily grind. Thanks, guys, and have a great evening. We're out, Bye, guys. Bye. Happy birthday. <laughs> <laughs> I was someone I was not Freezing cold, I follow Throwing like an arrow It will lead me to you I'm lost in this
Mama. <laughs>